1: What is going on everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Do you know, um, last couple days ago, this album, Van Halen's, 1984 was released 40 years ago. That is pretty amazing. That's Girl Gone Bad, uh, a track that you don't... Normally hear off of 1984, normally you hear Jump, you hear Panama, you hear Hop for Teacher. Maybe once in a while you're he- you'll he'll, uh, he- he'll, he'll hear <laughs> I'll Wait, maybe Drop Dead Legs. Uh, but uh, what a great album. And the last one that they would do uh, in the um, original form of Van Halen, of course, David Lee Roth, would come back to the band um, a-, a long while later. Uh, Sammy Hagar would step in. Uh, for the next four albums, so uh, uh, amazing 40 years ago, 1984, it's just, it it blows my mind, forgive me if you're hearing a little bit of a noise in the background, there's a little heater underneath of me, uh, because the studio is always freezing when I am recording in it, so uh, especially in the winter time, so I need the heat uh, to keep things sort of moving along and not be frozen, now coming up in just 10 minutes, Colin McDonough, uh, he is the co-owner and head brewer of Oak Flower Brewing. He's going to join me on the program from Oak Flower Brewing. We're going to do the next two segments uh, segments with Colin. Uh, they've been open for a little over a year now, cranking out some delicious beers in Millington, New Jersey, literally across the street from the Millington train station. Uh, I stopped by uh, back on Tuesday to record this two-part interview. We'll get into it in just about 10 minutes from now. Um, the big news, obviously, in New Jersey is the fact that the uh modified beer bill that wanted the changes or some changes that Governor Murphy wanted uh, passed uh, in both chambers uh, a, a week ago Monday uh, and now heads to the governor's desk for a signature. He needs to sign it by this coming Tuesday. As of this taping right now, we're taping this segment on Thursday. The interview that we did with Colin was on Tuesday. Uh, he has not signed the bill. Uh, he has indicated that he would sign it if he got the changes that he wanted. Uh, He didn't get everything that he wanted, but he did get some more stuff, more concessions from the legislature. It remains to be seen whether or not he will uh, sign it. Uh, He was on his Ask the Governor program on WNYC radio on uh, Wednesday, um, was supposed to take some questions on it or maybe make a statement about it. He did not. He declined to. Uh, Was not even brought up uh, during the program. Um, He is expected to sign it, though. Um, I, I would be very surprised if he didn't. Um, I would be shocked if he turned around and said, no, I don't like the way it is. He got what he wanted or some of it. He got pocket licenses put into the bill, which again has nothing to do with the breweries. But they gave him the pocket license uh, issue, meaning if you're holding on to a liquor license and you haven't used it in a certain amount of time, uh, then you would need to sell it or it would go back to uh, the municipality. So um, essentially, it would allow municipalities to reclaim inactive retail liquor licenses after two years of inactivity, or three if a municipality's uh, governing body approves an extension. Towns in need of more licenses could open a request for proposals to obtain inactive licenses from other towns, but only from neighboring municipalities. They have to be right next door to you. You can't somebody in in um, say Newark. Couldn't go to Camden and say we need a license. You have to; the town has to be right next door. They would also create a new class of liquor license for use in shopping mall food courts. Such license licenses would cost at least two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. But the legislature has basically said. The bill is likely to be the last one touching the state's liquor license laws to advance for some time. This is from Senator Paul Sarlo, a Democrat from Bergen. He said it's a good first step, and I think that this will take this off the table for a while. So they're basically telling the governor, this is what you're going to get. You're not going to get anything further. And if you're pushing it, it's the whole thing is going to die. And that would be to the detriment of the brewers, because most of this is based on the Brewer Bill. Uh, They are allowed unlimited events off-site. They are only allowed 25 uh, off-premise. Breweries would be allowed to provide alcohol for off-premise social affair events, which require hosts to obtain a permit. I don't know how that's going to exactly work out. It also lifts some of the food service restrictions. They uh, They can partner... It says the legislation would remove the prohibition in part, allowing brewers to partner with local restaurants and food trucks to provide on-premise food services, though they would still be barred from running their own kitchens. They couldn't put a kitchen in their brewery, and they would not be able to profit off of the food truck. In other words, they can partner with a food truck, but they cannot, the food truck cannot give them money uh, in lieu of uh, being on their property. Like, we're going to charge you $1,000 to be in our property for the day. That's our payment. That can't happen. They can partner with them. They cannot make money off of it. I think it's fair. I think it's fair for everybody around. Governor, you need to sign it. I'm hoping that by the time we come back on air next week, he will have signed it. Um, We are supposed to be doing an event at Jersey Cyclone this coming Wednesday uh, after 5 p.m. As soon as we get the details, we'll put it out on social media. Uh, Mike Kivowitz from uh, New Jersey Craft Beer Club uh, has invited myself, I believe News 12, one of the legislatures who was a part of the... um, the uh, crafting of the bill, the sponsoring of the bill, uh, a number of other people uh, at Jersey Cyclone in, Somerville, in Somerset, New Jersey. Uh, if you're around after 5 o'clock on this coming Wednesday, please come by again. I will uh, post some stuff on social media on X and on our Facebook page when we have the exact details. All right, so let us dive in. Other news, Colorado Brewers Guild, a nonprofit trade organization for independent craft breweries in the state of craft beer, announcing the return of the ninth annual Colorado Pint Day. That'll take place on Wednesday, April 10th. The beloved fundraiser, a dollar of every pint glass sold, is donated to the Colorado Brewers Guild. Also supports local craft breweries as beer lovers flock to participating member breweries to purchase limited edition Colorado Pint Day glassware. 2023, a record-breaking year for uh, Colorado Pint Day promotions. 215 participating locations took part in it, selling 29,000 glasses across the state. That's great. The event always held on a Wednesday during the spring, which is typically a slower period for breweries. The list of participating breweries for Colorado Pint Day will be announced at a later time. Kudos to uh, the Colorado Brewers Guild. That is pretty awesome, 29,000 glasses. It's Pretty impressive. Uh, Trogues Independent Brewing. Uh Nugget Nectar it's back their once a year favorite the excessively dry hopped imperial amber ale celebrating the arrival of fresh off the bine nugget hops from the brewery's annual trek to the Pacific Northwest for hop selection uh, it is a beautiful orange colored beer, bold hop flavor, seven and a half percent ABV. Um, they had a, uh, a bunch of first squeeze events at the brewery this past weekend. Some will be taking place, I believe, tomorrow because tomorrow, obviously, the holiday for Martin Luther King. Um, you will absolutely be able to get some nugget nectar as well as, uh, limited release draft pours of double nugget nectar, uh, at the brewery at Trugs, which is, fantastic. Kudos to uh, the good folks from Trokes. Nugget Nectar is always a solid, solid beer. We head back to Colorado as uh, Weldworks Brewing, following a tremendous year, included the arrival of a new 30-barrel, uh, four-vessel steam brew house, 180-plus unique beers, producing, including uh, produced including 21-barrel aged bottle releases and 33-beer collaborations. Weldworks, looking ahead for this year, 2024, they have uh they've released their uh, year-round and quarterly offerings which will be available to 26 target markets across the country more than double the number of markets in 2023 you will get to see a lot of worldworks beers not only in new york and new jersey you will get to see them in connecticut you will get to see them in pennsylvania ohio oregon washington dc virginia north carolina south carolina washington state uh, of course colorado arizona california florida georgia massachusetts minnesota new hampshire nevada Plenty of states, um, plenty of Weldworks beer that you will be able to see and you will be able to purchase and drink. Juicy Bits and extra, extra Juicy Bits will return as year-round favorites. They're also welcoming Colorado Ale, an easy-drinking beer made with Coloradans in mind. The immensely popular Hefeweizen will be available all year long you got quarterly sours like Bam Bam Rubble Rubble, Strawberry Cheesecake, and Orange Creamsicle. Also available on a quarterly basis, hazy beers like Trans Mountain Diversion, a collaboration with Casey Brewing and Blending, in Doom and Bloom, the customer-selected Hazy Double IPA. Kudos to Weldworks. Their beers are always fantastic. And then finally, a sad note, we've noticed a number of closings and stuff uh, around the country over the last several weeks. I'm sure more to come. But a Bagby beer in Oceanside, California, I've had the pleasure of being there twice, uh, fantastic food, great beer. Uh, Jeff Bagby's a great guy, um, but he and his wife have decided to sell the brewery. Um, they are not closing. They have sold the brewery to another brewer, and uh, they will be taking over the space. Uh, they posted on their uh, social media accounts. The time has at last come for a change here at Bagby Beer Company. Our brewery has been the single focus of our lives and has been a deeply felt, extraordinarily personal endeavor, uh, extraordinarily personal endeavor from inception. We hope to share our love. For great things of top quality through countless expressions, large and small, that collectively have become the Bagby experience for our guests and employees. Um, They were gutted during COVID. They have tried to find their way back. Um, but it is only recently, they say, as I'm paraphrasing here, they've been able to identify a path forward for our team, and so it seems for the spirit of Bagby here in Oceanside, our very good friends and respected colleagues at Green Cheek Beer will be taking over the Bagby Beer property effective sometime in the mid-first quarter of 2024. They will endeavor to retain our staff to the extent our existing team is interested. We're confident this transition will favorably position them for the long term with stability and additional avenues for growth growth and development they are uh, handing over the keys at the end of this month to them uh, at green cheek beer uh, they would love bagby uh, the folks from bagby would love to see you uh, before the end of the month if you want to come in and have a beer maybe grab um a, uh, a margarita the world's best paloma a couple of fish tacos which were fantastic by the way uh and or the one and only bagby and salada they would love to see you bagby beer it's just a great, great spot in Oceanside. I'm glad the folks at Green Cheek have purchased the business and are planning to keep it in some way, shape, or form. But it's just to, sad to see uh, two owners who really devoted themselves, won tons of awards for their great lagers and pilsners. Um, it's just sad to see them go, and hopefully Green Cheek uh, keeps those beers uh, intact. When we come back after a short break, Colin McDonough from Oak Flower Brewing in Millington, New Jersey, will join me on the program direct from his brewery. This is the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Of course, you can follow me, Twitter, X, or so they're calling it now, at Al Gatulo, Instagram at double T u lo facebook.com slash agcraftbeercast. We're on iTunes, we're on iHeart, we're all over the place, radio.com as well. Just do a search for AG Craft Beercast. We're also on the Hopped Up Network. You head over there to thehoppedupnetwork.com. You can check out my podcast along with many others that are available for your listening pr- pleasure. Now, right now, we are coming to you from Oak Flower uh, Brewing, which just opened in Millington, New Jersey, a little over a year ago. And they have uh, just recently expanded their establishment, giving folks a little bit more room when they're visiting the tap room. Oakflowerbrewing.com is the brewery's website for information on how to get your beer fixed here in Millington. But let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 for the first time, Colin McDonough. Colin, thanks for having me here today. How are you?
2: Good. Appreciate it, Al. Thank you for coming in. Uh, it's a beautiful, wet, rainy day here in Millington. So uh, thank you for braving the storm and and
1: joining me here. Not a problem. Not a problem. So we're taping this on Tuesday, which was the bad rain. It's also happens to be uh, the same day or that the uh, governor, uh, Governor Murphy, is having his state of the state address. Now, he has not yet uh, signed the beer bill, which did pass unanimously uh, this past Monday. And we'll get to that in a moment. But Colin, what I wanted to ask you first was, how did you, uh, how did your journey start in making beer? Was it something that you would always wanted to do, or you just sort of fell into it?
2: You know, I, I kind of fell into it. So I come from a long line of do-it-yourself folks. Just It was just something imbued in me and my brothers uh, growing up. We kind of did all the work on our cars. Uh, my dad built, you know, half the house. Everything was, was all right. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll figure out how to do it. We'll figure out a way to do it. Um, we know somebody who can do it and we can, you know, make our way around it. Um, and then, uh, and my dad always cooked too. You know, we all, we're always cooking. We're always in the kitchen. Me and my brothers, uh, from a, an early age, kind of getting in, into all of that. So it, it all kind of culminated at some point when I was, you know, buying a lot of craft beer, getting really into that. Um, and, and then just figured, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll give it a shot. Maybe I'll try it at home. I'll get a homebrew kit. I'll get this or that and, and kind of work my way through it and just, uh, really ended up diving headfirst into the whole thing. Uh, really, you know, my wife at one point would have really kicked me in the butt for, uh, <laughs> you know, how much time and money was, was wasted. It. It's come into, uh, oh, no, you know, absolutely. something special here, but, um, but yeah, that was it. Just really, um, got going on that, spent a lot of time, read every book I could find, uh, took all sorts of online courses and things and, and brewing and, um, I, you know, have been uh, working in the corporate world since I got out of college, so a little over a decade now, uh, my wife and I, and, um, and you know, that just, it burnt me out really early on uh, with what I was doing, and so we were always looking for something else, um, and it was just a, a perfect storm of, you know, me, I was winning a bunch of homebrew awards in the, in the area, in, the, uh, in New Jersey, various um, competitions and things, got really close to the folks over at Twin Elephant, and, and really started to kind of make my way into like all right this this could be a viable thing um it, this all originally did start on a farm so we had some plans on how to uh, you know kind of ease our way into it rather than you know what we did end up going for um but we you know we spent a lot of time mental energy really got focused on this uh and you know again things kind of fell into place with with where we are here in Millington, we live right down the street. It just uh, it couldn't have been a better set of circumstances for us.
1: And and how did you partner up with AJ Ricapy? How did you guys meet up?
2: So so AJ and I uh, we actually met years ago uh, trading bourbon. So that was huh? uh, <laughs> it was okay. it's a, a, a funny old you know little world in and of itself. Uh, you know. Just buying bourbon trading things uh, secondary market craziness within that world Um, and he and I were in a a, a local kind of bourbon enthusiast group of sorts Uh, and I really I'm like oh hey this guy AJ lives uh, over in Bernardsville I was in Bedminster at the time and we we just kind of linked up and really like hit it off early on Um, and so he's been in the the craft beer world for ages uh, and and just he was uh, along for the ride so he's a a small business owner uh, for a long long time um, in and of itself uh, great salesman, so it, it just, uh, everything kind of clicked uh, in terms of what, you know, roles everybody was sort of falling into and how he could help navigate things a little bit. Um, and yeah, uh, uh, one of my best friends, him and his wife, Danny, and that was it. Nice.
1: So we're talking with Colin McDonough, the co-owner and brewer of uh, Oakflower Brewing, located here in Millington, New Jersey. For more info on Oakflower, just head over to oakflowerbrewing.com. We're here on the Algotulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, by the way, Oakflower opened Wednesday through sunday if you want to get your beer fix here in millington new jersey and literally directly across the street from the millington train station so if you do want to take public transportation here you can do that as well although the millington train doesn't run all the time you do have that option as well now oakflower primarily brews saisons uh, obviously you brew other stuff but saisons are your wheelhouse why is that
2: you know what that was just um part of uh, uh, you know a- again this starting a-, a bit on a farm right so we had a good friend who had a, a- you know, organic farm, 100 acres over in Bedminster, we we're really going to try to get things going at, and, and it was just the, um, the nature of the farm, mm. and and how those sort of agricultural products could be a part of this type of beer, right, and so Cezanne is, is such a, a wide open uh, type of beer, you know, you get an IPA, you kind of have an idea what you're going to get, you get a Cezanne, it could be anything from super sour and funky, all the way to a more clean kind of Belgian style thing. Um, and so it was a big, you know, super wide open field that we could work with. Um, and, and again, we could imbue these, uh, you know, agricultural products, things that we're growing on the farm, different herbs and, and botanicals and fruits and stuff like that. Um, and so that is still, you know, is one of my my favorite types of beer. Uh, if anybody looks at the tap list, mm-hmm. you can see we do a lot of hazy IPA, which is, you know, uh, of course, such a, a big dominant force in the, the beer uh, world right now. And we love those sorts of beers. Um, but, uh, you mentioned our expansion earlier on a big part of that is a kind of renewed focus on mixed culture, barrel age, Saison type beers. So, um, again, it's just that, uh, wide open style uh, and we can kind of take it and make it our way.
1: And you mentioned, um, a couple of times here, which going into my next question, you did look at opening this place as a farm at first. And I think I remember one of your earliest Facebook posts was talking about having the, you know, building a brewery on the farm. Then you eventually decided to settle here in Millington. It, was it because of the fact that the, the farm that you were looking at, this, the owner sold the property or, or something in that nature? Or you just decided that Millington was the right place for you?
2: So it, it kind of ended up being a, a little bit of the, the latter, but. Um... It was that the the owner he uh, the guy who owned the land wasn't working the land. We were working with a separate uh, farmer who was who owned the farming operation. He was doing all the farming there. He was our our, our guy, nice. you know, on the spot. Um, and so we we worked with him. We worked with the owner for probably a year and a half uh, of planning and, and kind of sorting things out how we could make it work, how we could use the buildings there, how we could put in a new septic system and deal with that whole craziness, uh, which was was a mess in and of itself um but then uh, ultimately the the gentleman who owned the land decided again this was about a year and a half into the planning process he's ah oh, you know what actually i don't want this to happen on this land and so you know again we had devoted so much time and energy and and we're so devoted now um to this idea that we're like all right well let's figure out a new place for it and how do we um uh, take you know what we figured out on the farm the idea the vision the the whole look and feel of the place and then how do we bring that somewhere else and and bring some of that uh into a more downtown area. Um and, and ultimately this ended up being a much better place for it. Mm-hmm. Um right here in downtown Millington which uh at the moment doesn't have a ton going on but it has a, a, a bright future. There's a lot of things in the works that are going to be popping up in this area. And again it doesn't ha- hurt that I'm a half a mile down the road and I kind of yeah. roll downhill to get home if I really need to. Um but you know the community's really embraced us. Um just and especially where we are, you know, one of the struggles, I have my uh, my hat on, says I know where Long Hill is. Right. Um, nobody knows where Long Hill or Millington is specifically, but right by Basking Ridge, Warren, Wachung, uh, Bernardsville. So we're right in the heart of like a very busy, you know, uh, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of folks, um, but in a, a little town that kind of, maybe has fallen by the wayside a little bit. So we're we're happy to be here, we're happy to kind of help uh, rejuvenate this space a little bit if we can.
1: And the township, we're speaking with Colin McDonough here at Oakflower Brewing, the township has been very supportive of you guys. Been no issues from the start?
2: Yeah, no, really. We uh, I know we've had some folks question that because the town gets a bad rap for just – hey I want to put a pool in and oh my gosh this is now a big process Just to put a pool in at my house or whatever the case is uh for us coming in here though we really didn't have too many issues you know we we, we kind of followed everything by the book we did everything the right way um but again the, the town was was ready for some new life some new something in town right and the people in town were really excited for it so not a whole lot to do especially in Millington uh in particular Sterling you have some stuff Gillette you have some stuff uh, Millington didn't really have a whole lot going on in downtown. So now we've we've created a reason for people to go to downtown Millington, for people to hop off the train here outside of the Millington Station Cafe, which we love. Um, but then people in town, just a, a place for them to meet and gather, see their friends, see old people in town they haven't seen in a while. It's really – it's cool to see that happen. Um, and I think because of that, uh, the, you know, the town really – they have embraced us. They've really let us – make what we've uh, made here.
1: Uh, we're talking with Colin McDonough, the co-owner and brewer of Oakflower Brewing. We're in Millington, New Jersey, right across from the uh, train station as we said. For more info on Oak Flower, you just head over to oakflowerbrewing.com. They are open here Wednesday through Sunday and really, I mean if you if you know where the Sterling Hotel is, it's about a 6-minute ride. If you've been to the area where Sterling and Gillette and Watchung and stuff, it's not that far away from everything as as Colin has said. And yes, it's a a, a downtown that is going to be revitalized at some point, which is awesome. And uh, these guys are here at the forefront of it, which is really cool. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back for part two of this interview, including that New Jersey beer bill that I mentioned at the beginning of this interview and how it's been signed, but the governor has not, uh, excuse me, I should say it has passed, but the governor has not signed it yet as of this recording, which we are recording on a Tuesday. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back right after this on the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, we're coming to you from Oak Flower Brewing, located here in beautiful Millington, New Jersey, looking out at the train station. It's a rainy Tuesday that we're taping this, right across from the Millington Station Cafe. The parking is not great over here, I will tell you that, folks. You're probably better off taking an Uber or public transportation, but... The beers in here are fantastic, I will tell you that. I've been here a few times, we'll get into that, with Colin McDonough, the co-owner and brewer, as he rejoins me here on the program. Now, you recently expanded the tasting room, you were just talking about that, Colin, uh, to create a little more space, but also to create a room for some private parties. When you began renting here, was that always the goal, to expand expand the place, if you could?
2: Yeah, so you know what? We, uh, we kind of had that plan early on. Uh, we had a different tenant who was in next door. He had a kitchen design space. Great guy, local guy. He uh, he just moved right down the street, so uh, I, I don't feel too bad. We didn't really push him out or anything like that. Um, but so, uh, yeah, this the space opened up. We took it right away. We've had it for a few months now, um, but that was always – we knew we were a little tight right from the get-go. We could get all of our, our brewing systems in. We had a, a nice, cozy tap room. We had a little bit of room to get around, but from that first weekend, uh, it was – It was snug, Uh, and and we could see, especially, you know, different days, holidays, uh, different events we have going on. It started to get a little tight in the tap room. We knew we needed a little bit more room, and then you mentioned private events. That was the other thing that we've kind of struggled with early on because we – The last thing I want to do is close down the tap room and have any of our local customers, anybody who's used to coming here on a Saturday night, show up to the door locked, right? That's uh, no matter what people want to pay for the private event, that kind of look, I I just, I I, I don't like that. So um, this does give us the opportunity, A, now we've uh, expanded the tap room, like you mentioned. We've got more seating. We've got a little uh, semi-private kind of cozy sunroom area. And then it does give us a back room that we can use for private events for Anybody wants to come have a, a little party, a little whatever it is, we can kind of chop the space up a little bit more and not really have to lock the door and, and shut other people out, which yeah. is
1: perfect. And, and obviously with the new brewery bill being passed, you can have as many private events as you want. Now, as long as the governor signs the bill, again, we're taping this on the Tuesday, so the governor hasn't signed it yet. Um, but having an unlimited amount of private parties at your establishment, I think has got to be a great thing for you guys.
2: Oh, it's it's fantastic. Now, you know, we we opened up, like you mentioned, a little over a year ago. We kind of opened right into, you know, knowing what the restrictions were. So it was as restricted as it ever had been right when we opened our doors. So we were kind of ready for it from the get-go. So we really didn't want to be the place that opened up and was relying on special events, relying on food trucks and bands and, and all sorts of stuff. We wanted to rely on the beer, and that was always our goal. So I'm kind of... I will say I'm thankful for it, but I am thankful that it was so restricted early on because it did let us focus specifically on the beer, right? We were able to hone our craft, get used to our brewing system, uh, kind of feel out what the the area wanted to drink and, and things like that and, and start to navigate that world a little bit. So then now we're a little over a year in. Things are starting to loosen up. We can have food trucks. We can have private events. We can have, uh, you know, bands and, and all sorts of different things a little bit more freely, but we have that backing of, like, we know we're good with the beer. We know we have that set. We know we've kind of built that reputation so far. Uh, and I think it kind of get, lets us navigate the, the best of all those.
1: And, and one of the cool things that I like about your place, there's a couple places in New Jersey that I like this, but what are, one of the cool things that I like about it is you don't have any TVs in here. There are some places, they, it's TVs, it's putting on events. Your focus is on the beer, as you said, but it's also focused more on conversation. You want people when you're here. You want to be talking face-to-face to to one another and having a conversation instead of staring at a TV, which, again... The, the, the bars and the restaurants that have this fight with the breweries, this is a completely separate animal. It has nothing to do with that. So uh, I think that's a great thing. But that, again, was always the focus, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we've had a bunch of people, especially coming in uh, early on, people who aren't as used to craft breweries and things like that, come in and say, oh, Where's the TVs? Where can I watch my, you know, whatever, my game on Sunday or, or this or that? And, and we kind of have to explain to them that's not what we're going for here. That's not what we're looking for, even when you come in. Uh, We're both sitting here at a pretty decent sized bar that people can actually sit at and be served at, which is becoming more and more uncommon uh, in the area. And that was always a focus for us. We want people to come in. We want people to feel comfortable. If comfortable for them means they can sit at a bar and order through a bartender like they would at their local pub, we have that for them. Uh, If people want to sit at a table, you know, uh, looking around, we kind of set it up to feel a little bit more like a coffee shop otherwise – Um, Again, just to make it more comfortable, uh, less intimidating for people who aren't as used to the craft beer scene. They can come in, they kind of know how to order, they know where to order, they can sit wherever it feels most comfortable for them, and they can kind of get over that initial hurdle of, oh, crap, like I come in, I don't know what I'm ordering, I don't know what the beers are, I don't know how to navigate this world. Get comfortable, settle down, and... and be a part of
1: it we're talking with colin mcdonough the co-owner and brewer at oak flower brewing as we're here at the brewery today located in millington new jersey for more info on oak flower head over to oakflowerbrewing.com we're here on the alga craft beer cast on am 970 the answer so one of the things that's in this new beer bill um not only the unlimited events that you can hold you're uh limited to 25 events off premise which i really would have wanted to see that at around 40 but i think 25 is good because i think you start getting into events, if you start planning them in January, you might max out before you get to the summer, which could be problematic. But one of the other things that's in that bill is that your bartenders or beer tenders can now take orders from people, which in some places they do, but a lot of places they don't in New Jersey. Is that something you're going to do, or will you continue to have people come up to the bar and order?
2: You know what? It it is something that we... um... We were curious about early on and and again, just trying to kind of cater to all sorts of people and their ways of ordering and what's most comfortable for them. um I do like the idea of of table service and and uh you know just kind of a different service environment if we're able to do that um so it's it'll take a little uh you know restructuring on our part just to make sure people can kind of float around a little bit more freely, but it is definitely something we're we're looking into and trying to facilitate um get the logistics squared away so we can we can open that world up yeah. Okay.
1: You're a few minutes into year two of brewing. Is there a beer that you haven't brewed yet uh, that you would want to brew? And if so, what style of beer would that be?
2: Um, So it's kind of uh, two styles, I would say. And, and, you know, we mentioned the expansion. We mentioned kind of having some different space in the back. And it's... Uh, the, the kind of two worlds of of barrel aged beer, so whether it 's the uh, the mixed culture wine barrel aged saisons that we had always uh, kind of dreamed that this place would would kind of be structured around or the bigger barrel aged uh, imperial stouts so those are, are the two things that we are now set up for that we 're now kind of actively brewing and, and getting set in place um, that we hadn 't really had the the processes in place. Um, and the, the barrels and just the, the storage space for previously. But we now kind of have that cemented. We're ready to go. We're filling those barrels. We're getting things going. So that year two, we're kind of moving into it with some new things. Nice.
1: Now, um, I, I do have one more question, but the question I'm going to ask before that and pertain, uh, pertaining to the beer bill, um, how happy are you with it as a whole? Does it help you and your business? I know there are a lot of people you know, here in New Jersey very happy with the way things shaped out. Uh, I have always been of the, the – um, the opinion that the pocket license thing should have never been involved in the brewery bill. It's a completely separate issue. But for what you guys get out of that brewery bill, if the governor signs it again, he hasn't signed it yet as of this taping, uh, but if he signs it, how – I mean – it's got to make you happy in terms from a business standpoint of what you want to do moving forward with Oak Flower.
2: Yes. I mean, we're we're thrilled with it the way it is, to be honest. Like I said, we, we came into this. We knew our restrictions. We kind of based our business around the most restricted uh, time possible. And we were okay with that, right? We were able to make that happen. We were able to succeed and, and kind of be prosperous within that. Now we're just opening up the world even further. Um, and not that, you know, we're going to go crazy with food trucks every day and events every day and all that stuff we're still focused on the beer but we now have that freedom we now have that flexibility okay we can pull a food truck and we can have an event we can now start to navigate that as we've gotten the beer under our belts we've gotten our our kind of processes our scheduling all that stuff a year in now we can start taking some some different roads and, and really start branching out a bit
0: more
1: Now, last question for me. If someone out there is listening, they're thinking of creating their own brewery, they want to open their own brewery, whether it's in New Jersey or anywhere across the country, what's the one piece of advice that you would give them that they should follow?
2: You know what? The biggest piece of advice is to get a good team around you. I mean, that has been, as much as... You know, everybody around here likes to pick on me for kind of trying to do everything myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I always have been that way. I really quickly, early on, figured out, like, I I can't do it all myself. As much as I would like to, as much as I would like to create more time in the day and more arms on my body, um, you need a, a good team, people you can count on, people you can trust. We've got Chris in the back right now who is my, you know, right-hand guy all throughout the week, and, and we couldn't be here without him, without, you know, my wife Leanne, who's our my main kind of co-owner here, uh, A.J. and Danny. Having those people in place to fall back on if my kids get sick or car breaks down or whatever the case is, uh, we would be in a, a bad place if we didn't have this, you know, kind of really great team that we have uh, to rely on.
1: It definitely takes a village when you're opening a place like this, and you're right, you try to do it all on your own, but at some point, you're going to need help from somebody, and it's good to have a, a tight-knit team uh, together, especially Chris. You know, Chris was over at Bull and Bear. He was over at Melovino uh, doing a lot of good stuff, so uh, it's good that, that he's here and helping you brew this delicious beer. But let me tell you something, folks. The tap list right now, I mean, you've got a Keller beer. You've got a Kolsch. You've got a couple of uh, Hazies. You've got a couple of Hazy Pale Ales you got that great Hayes Boy collab, Ring Boys, which is fantastic, (laughs) and a fantastic stout that I had here a couple of weeks ago, the first cup, which is excellent. My guest has been Colin McDonough, co-owner and brewer at Oak Flower Brewing, located in Millington, New Jersey, oakflowerbrewing.com. Colin, thanks so much for having me here tonight. Very much appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Al. Appreciate you coming. You got
1: it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Final segment of the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And a little Judas Priest and Jawbreaker, Defenders of the Faith. I had missed this last week, and as usual, I forgot why. 40th anniversary of that album coming out on January 4th, 1984. Hard to believe it has been 40 years since that epic album. Scream for Vengeance, British Steel, really put Judas Priest on the map in America. Um, but Defenders of the Faith, I think, was the sort of breakthrough commercial success that they were looking for, and then they followed it up with Turbo, but don't get me started. Defenders of the Faith, though. What an amazing album. When I was 14, putting that album on album on for the first time, blown away at how great every single track of that album is. All right. Let us dive into uh, Suds and Duds. We'll kick it off, I, and, and there's a lot of beers to get to. Um I'll be reviewing beers that I drank over Christmas and New Year's probably by the end of this month. I mean, that's how far back uh, it goes here. You know, best of show and, you know, just a lot of stuff that I tried over the holiday, which is good. Um, but first up, uh, and hey, blank 2023, too. I'm not going to mention the word. It's profanity. We won't use it here. Uh, this is by Abomination. Bang uh, uh, banging triple IPA. Juicy, hazy. Thank you, Tom Funk uh for the recommendation uh in the can a- outstanding beer it was solid uh, i could not have asked uh, for a better beer uh in the can uh than that one by uh, abomination um left hand brewing had sent me a couple of bottles of their belgian white nitro um decent brew smooth good hit of orange peel um a little bit of coriander in there i i feel like this would work better in a can as opposed to a bottle especially it being a nitro Beer. Um, it didn't sort of translate well in the bottle. I think this is a beer that should have been in the can. Um, I would like to try this on tap, on a nitro tap somewhere, or try it in a can. Um, I might have a better opinion of it. That might have been my dud of the week. I just didn't, like, I got a little bit of the nitrogen and it was, you know, smooth, but I don't know. I think this, that's a beer I think translates better. Um, in the can. And speaking of cans, I have to thank the folks at Brewdog USA for sending me so much beer. They sent me a case of their alcoholic beer for uh, December, which obviously I couldn't get through, and a 12 pack of their non alcoholic beer, which I'm going to try and get through this month and probably not until February before I review it. But I, I tried to pick my way through a bunch of them um, during the Christmas week, starting with Mistletoe Mafia. Uh, nice lager, slight hit of lemon, uh, very tasty, enjoyed that one a lot. Then moved on to the Hazy Jane Pineapple. Now, I'm a sucker for anything pineapple, but this was tasting flat, very little pineapple flavor in it. Uh, if you're going to be a pineapple type of beer, you've got to come at me with the pineapple. I've got to be able to taste it uh, in the beer. So that one might have been another dud uh, for me. I just didn't get enough of it. It's rated very high. Just didn't get enough pineapple out of that. I want more. Uh, if you're telling me it's pineapple, you're spotlighting pineapple, give it to me. Uh, the Colt uh, Kolsch, Colt Kolsch. Cold Kolsch, yeah, easy for me to say. Um, out of the Brewdog beers that I had so far as I was checking in on Untapped, on w- that was probably the best one that I'd had from them. Crisp, clean, um, well-done representation uh, of a Kolsch, uh, very, very good. Uh, then I, I moved on to the Jackhammer, uh, which is a solid IPA, nice bite, hoppy, dry finish on that. Um, enjoyed that one. That's one. If I if I saw that somewhere, I would definitely go for that again and again. Um, Elvis Juice. Now this is a big popular one from BrewDog. Big grapefruit hit off the nose. As soon as you as soon as you grab the glass, boom. There's the grapefruit, which was great. It was just okay drinking it. Um, I was not a fan of this one. Um, I liked the grapefruit, uh, very much reminiscent of a West Coast IPA, but it just didn't drink. Uh, that well so there you go a uh, couple good ones from brew dog couple misses uh, more to get through we'll uh, we'll update you as we go um, the good frogs from Trogs, and gotta love these guys they send me a ton of stuff and thank you uh, by the way i got a christmas card from them thank you for the christmas card appreciate that <clears throat> but um Trogues, this is their gingerbread cookie stout and i have to tell you if you see this in stores right now because listen it's still winter it's still cold um, This is a beer you should pick up It's in a 12 ounce can Which I love This was simply wonderful A liquid representation of a gingerbread cookie If you like gingerbread cookies This is going to be the beer for you The spices, the nutmeg, the cinnamon, the allspice All of them perfectly balanced in this beer Nothing was, nothing was overpowering the other I sort of got a hint of all of it While I was drinking it Delicious This is a perfect beer You pour it Let it warm up a little bit Sitting by the fire yeah uh, maybe a fire pit outside it's a little cold and you got a fire pit going this is a perfect beer for that uh this was absolutely delicious enjoyed this so very much in addition enjoyed the mad elf by Trogues. and it's that time of year i love this beer in the winter uh this is a it's a high abv beer they want you to pour it in a, into a snifter take your time drink this one through yes i know that people say it tastes like cherry cold syrup that Robitussin type of flavor, um, they're not big fans of that, but I have to tell you, it's a great beer. To have it once a year um, is definitely worth your time. I really enjoy this beer. You should too. But I can't say enough good things about the uh, Gingerbread Cookie Stout. Uh, they only sent me one can of it. I, I wish I had four of them. Uh, it- it's-, it's a great, great stout. Well done. Uh, kudos, Trogues. You guys always knock it out of the park. Uh, another brewery that, that seems to knock it out of the park time and time again, Stone. Stone Brewing, uh, Zocavesa, uh, their annual offering of the um, their Mexican-style stout with uh, a little heat to it. Um, I would like a little more heat from the peppers. I can live with it. You can taste it. But I would absolutely like to have a little bit more heat on this one, um, just a little bit more. Um I would like this to be more reminiscent of Wet Ticket's uh, Sincho Pep because that's sort of the same vibe. Um, they're not identical recipes, but they're similar. But what Tim does is Tim's Tim's beer from Wet Ticket, it's a little bit heavier on the pepper, so you get a little bit more of that heat on the back end, and then it backs off. I'm not saying it needs to be heat so that it's oppressive throughout, but I want enough of it where I can sort of taste it and then it backs off. This, it's there. But the heat is very, very subtle. Um, but I like the beer nonetheless. Stone does a great job. And it's one of those things where I absolutely um, need to get back out to San Diego this year. And I definitely want to go when it's warm. Like, really warm. And uh, and do some, you know, sampling and uh, hitting up a whole bunch of places and having some fun. Finally, Crispy Crusher. This was in the back of the fridge. Needed to finish up some stuff from Source Brewing. Uh, love this beer. Clean, Crisp. Um, excellent stuff I keep saying I've got to make a trip down To to, uh, to Source And uh, hang out and have a couple of beers I've got to plan something uh, one day Maybe with a couple of friends And uh, sit and have a couple of beers And then maybe go uh, grab something to eat Or bring food uh, to the brewery It's just uh, They make such good stuff And I've been I- I'll-, I'll be honest I-, I think I've purchased maybe one or two things from them In the last few months It's been a while It's just with uh, You know I have my, uh, my mother-in-law home uh, with a terminal illness, and I can't really just bail and go somewhere uh, for three, four hours with nobody else really around uh, to help her. When my wife's home, it's a little bit of a different story. I can sort of get out for a little bit, um, and she can handle things. then, you know, we try to, try to team up and, and pair off. And, you know, you do the responsible thing because it's what you're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? And there you go. Uh, but uh, one of these days, I'll get back down to source. Have to. i got I to gotta get out to Source in Philly, too. That's another one. I need to do a Sunday brunch or something or maybe you know go there on a late Friday afternoon or something and hang and hang out in Center City. I don't know. We'll see. Um, my thanks to everybody involved in this show. Everybody does a great job, including, hey, my man Darren Yellen. He's back. He's back with us. And uh, hopefully we've got some good things coming our way. Uh, the new Six Point Brewery is going to be opening uh, very soon, in in another week or so, they have their soft opening right now, but their grand opening is coming up uh, on the, uh, I believe it's the 22nd of January, it's the Monday, uh, and I definitely want to check it out because it's literally like three blocks away from me, uh, from my office, and I definitely want to check that out, so uh, hopefully we'll get over there, uh, we've got a bunch of places to get to, and there is going to be some great stuff coming here in 2024. Can't wait. My thanks to everybody again involved in the show including my guest Colin McDonough from Oakflower Brewing. What a great little place in Millington New Jersey. Definitely go check it out and then go hit up the Sterling Hotel for a little bit of uh, food and drink is th- and there as well. And of course last but not least the great Buddy Watson. Thanks for the Fidens brew uh, my man Buddy. Excellent stuff. I will be back on the Joe Piscopo show Monday at 6am. This has been the Alga Craft Beer cast on AM 970 The Answer. Cheers everybody